Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Kansas State's Cooper Beebe, and you're listening to the PowerCat Post Game Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you're subscribing to this show on your favorite podcast provider. Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat Post Game Podcast. Tim Fitzgerald here in Manhattan, Kansas, and Brian Hanley from his home down in Texas following Kansas State's impressive 40-12 victory over Missouri on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. A rainy day. Anyone who made it through that game by sitting outside should get a gold medal because it was kind of miserable. Pretty heavy rain, fairly cold, made the passing games a little bit more challenging than normal. But Kansas State was able to play its physical brand of football and muscle around an SEC team which was very impressive indeed. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf, Caddyshack Golfware, Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com for all of your officially licensed golfing willy apparel, accessories, and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Brian, give me your initial thoughts after Kansas State kind of manhandled Missouri on Saturday at the Bill. Yeah, I mean, it was exactly that. I mean, and we manhandled them. I mean, you know, just physically whipped them on both sides of the football. I mean, it was great. You know, it's and Missouri has some guys, man. They do that that defensive front. They got some guys, but it's just the old adage that you just wear them down and wear them down and wear them down. I mean, we just punished them, man. It was good to see K-State literally physically beat up Missouri, beat them up. 
Yeah, they did. And it was interesting to watch how Chris Kleiman went about business here, or more importantly, maybe Colin Klein as offensive coordinator went about business. They kept running the ball. They persisted with the running game, which is something a lot of coaches will kind of back out of if they're not having a great deal of success. And Kansas State was doing just enough in the running game to keep control of the game. But then by the fourth quarter, they had Missouri's defense completely worn out, and they ended up with 235 yards on the ground. And the incredible Deuce Vaughn, who was held in check for three quarters, ended up with 145 total yards and 24 carries and two touchdowns, a long run of 29 yards that he took to the end zone. Brian, that's the way you do it. You you don't give up on the run. If you think you can do it, you just keep getting physical and physical and you turn it into a fourth quarter game that you can then win because you are in better shape and better prepared for a physical football game. For all the talk of the SEC, Missouri is not a strong football team. That is not a physical football team. That was all about finesse from uh, Eli Drinkowitz and the Tigers and K-State even out finessed them. Man, that running game was beautiful to watch in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, Missouri, I mean, they've got some guys on the defensive line, but that, that's uh, just what you said. It's a finesse football team. You know, they'd rather run around you than through you. Uh, you can't win football games like that. Teams are trying to, to play physical with you. And that's literally what K-State said. They said, you know what, our guys up front are better than yours, and we're going to prove it. We're going to stick with it. They did, and that's exactly just what you said. That's exactly how you do it. You just keep pounding them, pounding them, and sooner or later, they're going to give. And when they do, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to see. Adrian Martinez was only 9 of 20 in the passing game, but he did throw for 101 yards, a long of 28. I thought it was kind of funny, though. On the first scoring drive for Kansas State, they went down the field when it was dry out. It hadn't started raining again. It rained before the game, and then it was – kind of dry at the start of the game. Um, but it was kind of interesting to me that um, he uh, had 54 passing yards uh, during that uh, initial drive, and he had 53 the entire first game of the season. So he surpassed that. But then it got very wet and slippery, and the passing game really struggled. But give me your overall thoughts on Adrian Martinez. I mean, obviously, when you drop back 20 times, you, you have to complete more than nine passes. I mean, you just do. But under the circumstances, with the conditions that the way that they were, I mean, you know, I, I'm, and he had some drops, too. So I'll give him a pass. I thought he did fine, especially in the running game. I mean, he did enough. He did what we asked him to do. You know, he did what we asked him to do. Uh, he'll get better. You know, you're not going to play. And it can also be a timing thing, too, Fitz. I mean, there's not many times when, okay, the game gets delayed. Then you go out and play. Then you have to stop for an hour and then go out and play 10 minutes and then go stop for another 20 minutes and then go play. I mean, that usually doesn't happen in a football game. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, timing can be everything, too. Uh, but he'll get better. He, I mean, he'll have to be better, but I'll give him a pass. I mean, he played fine to me. And the offensive line protected him, no sacks, um, which is impressive. And, of course, as I mentioned, they just wore down that really talented front for Missouri. They've done a good job reinventing that defense in terms of being able to stop the run a little bit better. 
But they needed yes. some. This was a case of their offense left them on the field too often for too long, and, and K-State was able to wear them down. But, Mr. Offensive Line, give me your assessment of that K-State offensive line as it went up against an SEC foe. They were physical. They were physical, and that's what you want. I mean, they got after them. Number one, what you said, no sacks. You know, and, and we ran the football, and again, Missouri's defensive line, you have to give credit where credit is due. Those guys are big up there. Now, as far as the linebackers and everybody else, it, it is what it is. But they're, you know, they, they have big athletic guys. And K-State was able to push them around. We ran the ball when we needed to run the football. You know, they played, to me, it was an excellent football game by the offensive line. You're not going to just run, line up against, you know, Power 5 schools, especially SEC school, and just run it down their throat for, you know, eight, nine yards of carry. That's not going to happen. What you you can do, though, is you can end up just wearing them down and wearing them down and keep after it and keep after it. It gets frustrating for a defensive line to constantly, number one, they were on the field forever. You're right. But that's not our offensive line's problem. We just beat them up. We just physically beat them up, especially in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was Katie bar the door. It yeah. was great. To me, it was great to see. Yeah, it was really impressive overall. Kansas State possessed the ball for 32 minutes in this game. Uh, and, of course, then that leaves 28 for Mizzou. It felt a lot more dramatic than that. It felt like K-State constantly had the ball uh, when they needed it. And, um, boy, Brian, we talk about the offense all we want, but the stars of the day were on the other side of the ball. That K-State defense pitched a no-touchdown performance for another 60 minutes. Unfortunately, there was one play untimed after the clock had reached zeros, in which the backups gave up a touchdown. But, man, that defense came to play. They gave up the field goal on the initial drive, and then they absolutely stymied Missouri. And I just love this thought. They came out of the the delay, um, immediately scored on a Phillip Brooks touchdown. We'll touch on that in a little bit. To go up 20-3, to three. as we went into deep into the fourth quarter, it was 40-6. to six. They had literally doubled the score since that second quarter, and it was very impressive. The defense was absolutely outstanding, and they just absolutely took away everything Missouri was attempting to do, whether it was throwing or running the ball. Give me your overall thoughts on that K-State defensive effort. Well, defense was super aggressive fits, and I think that's what a lot of people have been asking for for a while is just be aggressive, and they were. You know, and it's one thing to line up in just a three-man line and rush three guys. We didn't do that. We brought lots of blitzes. We brought people everywhere, slanted, bringing four, five, six guys. They were just ultra aggressive. And when you are playing like that, you're, you're going to force turnovers. And that's what we did. We forced turnovers. We forced bad throws. I mean, if guys are under duress, running free, hitting the quarterback. I mean, they made a few plays here or there, but we forced the issue on defense. And I know that's what all K-State fans want to see is us forcing the issue. We were ultra aggressive. Now, Sometimes that can get you beat on the back end, but you know, it didn't, you know, guys made plays on the back end, which is literally what we want. I mean, it's, it, it was a masterpiece. If you ask me, it really, really was a masterpiece. 
Missouri had 222 total yards on 66 plays. That three that is 3.4 yards a play. K State with 336 on 63 plays, so they actually ran fewer plays for 5.3 yards per play. But here's the big stat. Missouri's throwing game, the combined effort of two different quarterbacks, 15 of 31, but four interceptions, all coming on four straight possessions in the third quarter by the Tigers. I've never seen it. I've never seen a defense take the ball away via interception, four straight possessions, but by golly, K-State did it in that second half. And that just... That ended it. I mean, there was just no way Missouri had any chance. After the fourth one, they were so demoralized by what was happening to them by this little old Big 12 opponent that they looked down upon. It was uh, it was kind of glorious to watch, but boy, those takeaways, are, are they're just enormous, and they were enormous in this game. Yeah, they were. I mean, again, forcing the issue, forcing the turnovers, you know, that that's what we did. And I just thought that we got after them on every aspect. And again, they're going to get yards. I mean, it's not like Missouri's this horrible football team, but we were just more physical. We were just more physical. I mean, our defensive line just dominated their offensive line and we just forced them into doing things that they didn't want to do because I believe Missouri wanted to try to run the ball more. They wanted to try to run it more. And we literally just stopped it. We just took it all away. And made them throw. And when we made them throw, they were throwing interceptions. It's just what happens, man. Yeah, Missouri quarterback Brady Cook just never found any rhythm in this game. He ended up, excuse me, 15 of 27. He only had two interceptions. The backup, Jack Abraham, came in, threw the ball three times, no completions. But he did complete two of those three, the K-State players. (laughs) That's that's a bad day right there. I, I got to tell you, they were so afraid of Felix and Yaduke Uzama, who had one shared sack, so a half sack for Felix and the other half for Robert Hansa, the backup nose tackle who played incredibly well today um, in yep. this game. Um, but they were operating out of such fear of Felix in that pass rush that they were almost paralyzed by it. That is when you know you've arrived. When you take things away from a team because they just don't even bother. They don't even Correct. try. And that's exactly how scary Felix is to opposing coaches. We're just going to try to get rid of the ball before you can get here, and it's going to impact us, but we're not going to give up a sack. I'm sorry. you got to do what you do no matter who you're playing, and if it becomes too much in the course of the game, then you adjust. But, boy, they just avoided Felix all, all day long, and they didn't want anything to do with him. No, they didn't. And it's just what you said. You got to do what you do. And if he wrecks the game, then you adjust. But you can't. I mean, I agree. You got to game plan a little bit. I go, but if you're going to get out of doing the stuff that you do, then you've already put yourself behind the eight ball. I mean, you just have, you know, and, and they did that. They literally did that. And and I get it. The guy is phenomenal. But if you're going to line up and just, okay, we're, we're just going to get away from everything that we do well, which they did. Now, a lot of that has to do with everybody else on K-State, too. I mean, the defense just played phenomenal. But, you know, uh, the kid is – he's really good, and he's got to be accounted for, though, Fitz. And I get what, what we're saying, but you just – you can't go into a football game just saying, okay, we're not going to try to do these things because – of somebody, I mean, you've just got to run your offense. And Missouri didn't do that. 
but K-State took it away a lot of the things that they wanted to do as well. Yeah, they sure did. Defensively also, Daniel Green was outstanding in this game. He, he led K-State, I believe, in tackles. Um, and um, uh, I tell you what, he had the interception, Daniel Green, with seven total tackles, uh, six um, were solo, one for tackle for a loss. He had the interception when he was – spying on Brady Cook, the Missouri quarterback, they were really afraid of Brady Cook's running ability, and he did get loose a few times against Kansas State. Cook was their leading rusher with a total of 56 yards on the ground, Um, but Daniel Green was spying on him, and Cook hit him right in the chest with an interception. Daniel jumped up to go get it high, and he threw it so low that Daniel didn't even need to jump. He would have caught that ball, but (laughs) man, Daniel Green has turned into a force in the middle of that defense, and he is fun to watch. Yeah, he is. I mean, the guy, I mean, he's undersized. He's not the biggest guy out there. But you can't tell me he doesn't have the biggest heart. And when he goes, he goes, he runs fast. And when he gets there, he has bad intentions, just bad intentions, which is exactly what you want from your linebacker. Right. What you want right? To just and, run and just beat him up. And those safeties for K-State continued to play at an elite level. This was the area of concern we had coming out of last season. They lost some safeties to the transfer portal and graduation. Who would they put out there? Did they have enough young guys that could step up? Well, they went to the transfer portal, and they found starters at all three safety positions. But uh, Josh Hayes came back for the first game ever as a Wildcat. He missed the opener. Um, I believe it was an illness. And uh, he came out and played a really good game. He missed a tackle early on. That was kind of costly. And after that, he played stellar. Just absolutely incredible. And Kobe Savage was out there whacking people again. Um, I, I think every Sunday, Kobe needs to just write a bunch of apology letters to send to the opposing players. <laughs> Sorry I hurt you. Sorry I hit you so hard. Sorry uh, the next generation of your family will be born bruised. Yeah, I, 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 those guys set a, a tone of physicality on the back end of this defense that is absolutely stunning to see. And, brother, I love that brand of football. I do. I do, man. I mean, we love – I mean, it's the, the K-State defense of old where guys are just punishing people for literally touching a football. Whether you run it, you catch it, we're going to punish you. And I love every single second of it. Look, I know that people have their their doubts about the transfer portal. I'm one of those people, too, that they got to make tweaks. I think everybody with half a brain cell understands they got to make some tweaks. But you know what? K-State is using it tremendously. We're using it to the best of our ability, and we're getting the guys that we need, and it is working for us. And those guys are punishing people, man. They are. I, 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 I don't know. It, it was just it's, – it's been something that we were so – it's kind of what you said, just so worried. And then all of a sudden, boom, 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 here we are. And these guys are out there just knocking heads around. I mean, it's, to me, it was a huge surprise, but the guys are really good. They're really good. I love it. Yeah, the transfers are all really solid players. Then you throw in Sincere Mason, who has elevated his level of play so much to the back end. They can rotate through some guys. It's fun to watch. They're playing some freshmen out there. It's just, it's really impressive what Joe Klanderman has done with his defense and how he's built it from the ground up. They're good at every level. There's no weakness, particularly on this defense. And man, they, they 
kind of throttled Missouri to a point that I think Missouri was shocked by. And um, let's move on to special teams. Chris Tennant, the kicker, missed another field goal, missed another extra point, so they left four points on the field there. They've got to clean that up. But, boy, they come out of that rain delay, and I think we were at, we were shut down for about 40 minutes, um, so it wasn't as long as it could have been. And uh, I was afraid we were going to be a couple hours in delay. But the, they got enough window in there with the lightning letting up, and they were able to get going again. Missouri came out of that facing a third and 13, ran a rather bizarre quarterback draw, um, punted the ball to Phillip Brooks. They outkicked their coverage, man. You cannot do that with any yep. Kansas State team. They outkicked the coverage. Phillip had to beat the first guy that was down the field who was closing fast. He sidestepped him. And then everyone else did the work. They built him a wall. He was untouched. He was there was no one out there after the first guy that was even in a position to tackle him. Special right. teams, special teams, special teams. When are people gonna learn you don't mess with K State's special teams? They did it again. Another touchdown on special teams, Brian. I don't know how they do this. From coach to coach, from program to program, or from season to season, from players to players, they just keep passing down this tradition. It is absolutely incredible to watch yeah it's just unbelievable how good the special teams for k-state has been for literally over two decades i mean it's absolutely insane how good that it has been and again today i mean at some point people have got to learn and i know what they're thinking is that you know, the guys that are out there, you know, usually on special teams, okay, some guys are going to be walk-ons, whatever. They just don't understand the pride that K-State has with our special team units. They, they just don't. And I think they, they undercoach it at other, at other schools, and they underestimate the importance that we put on it. And it is a weapon of ours. We're going to use it every chance that we get. They gave us a chance, and it turned out to bite them again. It just... I don't know. I, just what you said, I have no idea when teams are going to learn. Hopefully not soon. No. No, keep falling for it, guys. <laughs> keep falling for it. We got a lot more to cover in the second half of this PowerCat postgame podcast. But we are sponsored by Caddyshack Golf for K-Staters by K-Staters. Jackets, hats, polos, T-shirts, golf accessories. Caddyshack Golf, where caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. As we go to break, let's hear from Chris Kleiman with some of his thoughts on the play of his team. And when we come out of break... We'll hear from 9 a.m. The new quarterback, Adrian Martinez, sums up the day for the Wildcats. That's coming up on this edition of the Powercat Postgame Podcast. So pleased with the way the guys came out uh, to start the game and then coming after the break, uh, guys came back. Uh, they were focused, uh, had really good energy. It was tough out there. There's no, there's no kidding that. It, it was hard. The ball was heavy. Uh, it, it was raining just enough that, uh, you know, there was some issues throwing the football for both teams. I think the key was um, we didn't throw a pick, and, and they threw four of them. And so that was so critical for us to be able to limit that, limit that turn, limit the turnovers and eliminate those other than the last one we had. And then when we needed to really run it, we ran it well uh, in that second half. And uh, I, I was super impressed. The first couple of drives we had when it was dry, uh, Adrian was really sharp and uh, made some big-time plays. And um, that's a good football team. Missouri's got a good team. And uh, uh, that's why I'm so excited about the, the guys taking care of business, getting a big win. Coach, how good was your defense? 
It was really good against a really, really explosive offense, and uh, I'm sure that you know the, the weather didn't help those guys. But you know, it, it is what it is. You got to play in all the elements. But they got some guys that can really run. Uh, I was impressed with the quarterback's ability to be really mobile. We hit him a lot. Uh, and uh, I don't know if he got hurt, if he came back. I don't know what it was. I know he did come back, but I don't know what his injury was. Um, and we were just trying not to give up the explosive play, especially when we end up having a, I think it was a 14 to three lead. And knowing what the game was turning into with the amount of rain and stuff that you couldn't let him have an explosive play and get back into it. Was that kind of on brand for how you want to play physical through three quarters and then the fourth quarter it looks like you'd kind of worn down that Missouri defense? Well, today it was the way we had to play. Um, we would a lot, we would all rather be more open, more spinning it around and, and utilizing our, our skill kids outside. It just wasn't meant to be today. It was just, uh, it was neutralized because of the, uh, the, the weather, the rain and the ball. And so once we figured that out, and knew that we were playing pretty good defense, uh, especially in that second half. It became okay, guys. Let's let's not make a mistake. Um, let's wear on them a little bit. See if we can wear on them. And uh, that that number twenty two is a pretty good running back. Special teams. Philip Brooks does it again. Yeah, we had talked all week that we thought we could uh, either block a punt or return return one for a touchdown. I mean that was that was the goal. They got such a great kicker. I don't know if we were ever going to get an opportunity on a kickoff return. We needed to do a good job in coverage, uh, but on punt return, we felt we had to make a play to flip the game. And lo and behold, it was after the break, and we were able to do a great job um, holding guys up and, and setting a wall up. And, and uh, so excited for Philip because uh, that was a big time play. And we talked about the, our, our dominant big time players making plays. This is Kansas State's Daniel Green, the leaders in K-State sports coverage. We'll be right back with more of the PowerCat post-game podcast. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The farmer's dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Kansas State's Felix and Yudike Uzama. Welcome back to the PowerCat post-game podcast on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. I'm proud of the way uh, we came out and attacked it from the jump and how we sustained it. You know, uh, offensively, um, we hit some roadblocks. I think we got in our own way a couple times, but uh, found a way to get it done. I think that's what matters. I feel like you came out with the tempo that you were looking for. Absolutely. You know, we actually got warned a couple times by the refs that, you know, guys need to be a little bit more set, but it's part of what we want to do, you know, push the tempo and then at other times be able to hold back. So um, I think, again, that mix will be good for us moving forward. How was, off, how was the performance of your offensive line? 
really good. I mean, those guys up front uh, can get it done. I'm, I'm proud of them, you know, and we have a lot of faith in those guys. I think um, myself and Deuce in the run game, I think that's dynamic, but what really makes us go is, is the boys up front. When you're, when you're on the sideline, you see Phillip Brooks do what he did on that punt return. I mean, how, how cool is that? <laughs> uh, special teams you, you know. Um, last week, touchdown on special teams. This week, touchdown on special teams. Um, I think it's a testament to this program and, and how much we, we pour into special teams. Um, everybody knows it's important. And for Phil specifically, uh, know he's a Missouri kid, know, uh, you know his story a little bit, and that meant a lot to him. How much uh, did the weather conditions kind of limit what you guys wanted to do or your plans? Absolutely. Um, you know, it was tough to grip the ball out there. I think you saw that on both sides. Uh, and we were trying to battle through it, and we did. You know, sometimes it's it's not in the cards to maybe take all the shots you want to take. But when we have such a dynamic running game, we were able to continue churning it and eventually cut some of those loose. Did you feel more comfortable at quarterback today? Yeah, I, I'd say so. And I think it's a process. You know, today's not the, the final destination. We're going to continue to get better as a unit and as a team, and, and I will as well individually. What was it like from an offensive perspective just seeing the defense give you the guys the ball back over and over again there uh, in the second half and you guys just had, had to be ready to get out there at any moment? Yeah, I mean, not surprised at all. Uh, those guys have been doing a really good job all spring, all fall camp, and um, shoot, they pitched a shutout last week, this week, four turnovers. Um, I think it's a, a really impressive unit and, again, not surprised by their performance today. Go through your touchdown run there with the lead blockers in front of you. Yeah. Uh, you know, Cooper Beebe, Hayden Gillum, and, and Deuce Vaughn, obviously, again, laying a, a great block. Um, couldn't have drawn it up better. I think we had the numbers on our on our side on that run, and it was a great call by Coach Klein. I mean, I think anybody could have ran that one in. How satisfying is it the way you guys won this game? Yeah, um, a great team win, again. Um, you know, we knew this was a good team coming in here, but we were prepared, and, and we really prepared all week. Felt like everything we saw out there, we were expecting, and, and the guys answered the call. And that was Adrian Martinez, the new Kansas State quarterback, as we continued this edition of the Powercat postgame podcast. Tim Fitzgerald and Brian Hanley, the old offensive lineman from 97 and 98, those great K-State teams, now is our football analyst at gopowercat.com, and we appreciate it so much, Brian. We're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. Make sure you go check that out. It's not just for golfers. I wear their stuff, and I can't golf a lick. Brian, you don't, you don't golf, do you? I do not golf. No. Yeah, yeah. We're we're. Uh, let's put it this way: we're we're swing challenged. That's right. Yeah, we're swing I'm challenged. Also golf course walking challenged. Yeah. Well, that's 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 also. <laughs> what is it that the book a great great walk ruined or whatever? Um, that's exactly right, uh, Brian. Uh, Adrian Martinez. We still don't know where he's at because this wasn't a good judgment of his uh, skill set yet because. It was such a sloppy conditions out there, and it was so hard. He had some drops. He he was kind of inaccurate in the second half, but that might have been a wet ball. Um, I still don't know what to think, but there's something about this kid where you kind of like having him on the field, and he makes some good decisions running the ball. He's still learning to trust his pocket. When he was trusting it in the first half, it was pretty to watch. There's a huge upside here, but we still don't know it, do we? No, we don't. Um, we, we don't know it, but I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing at this point. You know, uh, we were able, obviously we just overwhelmed both these, these opponents, Missouri, um, obviously was a power five opponent, 
and yeah, or, and, and an SEC team, and we were able to overwhelm them without having to rely on the passing game. That's going to change, uh, especially once we get into conference. That's going to change to where we're going to have to have uh, him complete more passes. So we'll see. We'll see. Again, today he did what we needed him to do. Um, but the one thing I also don't want to discount is what he brings to the table with his legs. That has right. to be accounted for. I mean, that touchdown run today, number one, it was blocked beautifully. Um, Deuce Vaughn, especially at the end, throwing the, the block at the end. I mean, it, that whole play was blocked beautifully. So what he brings with his legs is just another added dimension. But he'll get better. Again, he's he's just learning the nuances. I mean, it takes a little bit of time. It's not like he's been in this system, you know, 10 years. You know, it'll take a little bit of time. Uh, he'll get there. And it's just what you said. The more time that he trusts the pocket, the better that he will be. And that, again, I, I can't blame the kid. I mean, you go four years of literally just dodging bullets every single snap. I mean, that's yeah, that gets in your head, but he'll get he'll work through it. Uh, and yeah, I thought he worked through it again today. You know, and next week, week will be another test to work through it. So he'll be fine. He'll have to be better. But today he was fine. Well, we've seen two efforts from Kansas State so far in 2022. They really didn't put much on the field in beating a pretty decent South Dakota team from the FCS level, 34 to nothing. And then against Missouri, they pretty much manhandled the Tigers throughout the game, winning 40 to 12. I suspect this is a pretty good team. I told a colleague of mine that I've known a long time that covers Missouri. I think this is the best K-State team since they won the Big 12 in 2012. And I don't know what that'll mean in the terms of the bigger picture of this conference, but I know this. This team has a big upside. How good can this team be, Brian? I think we could be very, very good. I, I mentioned it at the beginning, you know, is this is a K-State team that we all need to understand how good they can be. You know, in years past, and we always want them to do well. Don't get me wrong. We want to win every single game. But when we're being realistic, we understand, okay, we had limitations. I don't know where, where the, these limitations necessarily lie with this team, Fitz. You know, I, I just don't. I don't see where we have this lack of whatever. I mean, we may be depth, and that could be part of it. But as far as limitations with the, the starting 22, I don't know where that lies. And when you have that, you've got a good football team, man. You just do. And I just think that we're going to be a problem for teams. And I mean, if we're not ranked this week, then it's just absolute bias rankings. I know don't mean a lot, but you got to start getting a little bit of respect for what you do, you know? And I, I just believe that K state is just our team this year is really good. We're good. We, we just are, we need to, and, and we just have to embrace that and it's okay to embrace it as fans. Don't shy away from understanding what we are and what we can do. K-State has a good football team, man. And we need to go out there every week, obviously one week at a time and prove it. But we can go as far as we want to go, man. As long as we're healthy, we can go as far as we, where we can go. Now, there's going to be some roadblocks, you know, and some games today. I mean, Texas, I, I mean, I thought they were going to get roadhoused, and they did not. So, but as far as K-State is concerned, we're good. We're a good football team, Fitz. We are, man. It's good. I love it. 
Yeah, I for full disclosure, folks, we're recording this on Saturday night, so we don't have the full slate of games here from the Big 12. Uh, but some surprising things going on in the Big 12. Texas played Alabama uh, straight up the whole game. I mean, it was really impressive. Maybe Alabama had a bad day. I don't know. I don't care. Alabama gets out of there with a 1.20 to 19 win. But um, I don't know if Texas is back or Alabama isn't what we thought. But that sets a tone for the conference. I got to say that. That that will perk up a few ears that the Longhorns played at that level. Yeah. I mean, they – I mean, it, I recorded it, and so I watched it. And Alabama played very, very sloppy. Don't get me wrong. They this, this was not their best day, but Texas played well. They did. I mean, even their quarterback got hurt, and they still played well. So that's – I mean, the conference – is still the Big 12. People say what they want. Big 12 is a good conference still, but K-State's going to be right in that mix, man. We are. I mean, K-State's a good football team. I cannot wait for the conference season to start for us to prove a lot of these procrastinators or, you know, whatever you want to call them, all these analysts and, yeah, all these guys. I just want to be able to prove them all wrong about how good we are. It's going to be great. I would agree with that. Um, next week, Tulane comes to town. Tulane is on their way as we talk now to being 2-0 and on the season. They're beating Alcorn State like a drum in the second quarter. But as we continue to look around the Big 12, Tech finds a way to win in overtime against a pretty good Houston yeah. team. Um, and uh, it's still in progress. But, Brian, I just flipped over to Kansas and West Virginia it is 42-34 Kansas in the fourth quarter in Morgantown. Uh, that game is still in progress with about four minutes to go. Maybe Kansas uh, is pretty good, uh, much much more improved. I mean, I thought that West Virginia was going to just destroy them. I thought West yeah. Virginia was a pretty good football team. Um, they basically had the game at Pitt and gave it away. But maybe KU is better. Who knows? That's what everybody kept telling us is that KU is better. They're going to score a lot of points. Well, they're scoring points, and this is not just, you know, some run-of-the-mill football team. So who knows, man? Who knows? Yeah, this is crazy. This is going to be an incredibly entertaining year in the Big 12. You're never going to be safe, apparently. If Kansas can go on the road and show what they're showing as we speak in Morgantown, this is going to be a circus. I mean, it's going to be so entertaining. And I think that's what makes this conference great, Brian, is they play at yeah. a high level as Kansas State showed against Missouri. Uh, and they also will get after each other in a way that will allow pundits to say the Big 12 isn't any good because everyone's beating everyone. But these non-conference games really help uh, define that better as as K-State and Missouri kind of showed. I, Brian, getting back to K-State, Missouri, I'm – I'm absolutely stunned that Missouri isn't better than they are. They've got great players. Those are that's a team full of talent. And and I'm going to say this. I, I was pretty rough on Eli Drinkowitz on my uh, post game walk and talk, and I feel the same way. The guy's in way over his head. That is not a good no. football team. They have no. entrusted their football program to a guy who is a snake oil salesman, and I think yep. he is as much Ron Prince as Ron Prince was. He, he doesn't know what he's doing, and he keeps uh, he's full of bluster, and he's full of uh, gimmick, but, boy, there's no substance there. That Missouri's football program's in big trouble. Yeah, I mean, they are. 
I mean, here's the thing. I mean, and I know everybody said it for years about Mizzou. It's the only school in the state. It's got Kansas City and St. Louis in between. You know, you're in between both of them. How are you not better? And here they are. They have got football players. I mean, we said it in the pregame. We've said it here on the postgame. They have got good football players. But, they I mean, they're just not any good. And when you're not well coached, you know, and it's just – and you could see it on the sideline. You could see it. They're just, I don't know how disciplined they are, but they're just not – a well-coached football team. Missouri should be way better than what yeah. they are. I mean, it's an embarrassment. It is literally, it's an embarrassment. It is. And I want to get your thoughts on a couple other things that occurred in the game. K-State is up 40 to six. They fumble the ball with their third string running back. Um, and uh, they get the ball at the 20, Missouri does, and they get it down inside the five. They call a timeout with five seconds left, Brian, to to try to get into the end zone. Okay, you're playing to the final whistle. I get it. And then on that play, it didn't work, and K-State was called for a roughing the passer penalty, which, yeah, maybe it was, but it's the last play of the game. Just be done. I mean, it it looked like this SEC crew was going to try to make sure Missouri had some good stuff happen because there were some questionable things that I still scratch my head at what they were calling there. Missouri runs an untimed play and scores against the backup defense. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you play to the end, but the way he went about it, calling the timeout, it just seemed Bush League after K-State had been spending most of the second half running the ball up the middle, not trying to run it up on the Tigers. You know, and here's my thing with that. Yes, you played to the end. I'm I'm right there with you. But the game was over. And all you're doing is risking injury. You are not going to have any type of momentum scoring a touchdown with 10 seconds, 30 seconds, one minute left in a game when the score is 40 to six. There is no momentum to be gained. And I know that's what people say is that you play to the end of the whistle. You want something good going into next week. There was nothing that was going to happen that was going to roll over into next week that was going to be a momentum builder. Zero other than getting a guy hurt that which would have taken away from that, which, so I I just don't understand it. Um, It was Bush league at best. And I mean, I saw after the game, what happened? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, the handshake didn't look good, you know, and I'm right there with them. I'm right there with them. It was Bush league. What are you doing? The game is over. We've whipped you. Now I know it has to do with a little bit more things outside of the football field. So I get that part of it, but you know, I, I don't know. You play to the end, but the game was over. Yeah. Could have taken a knee. Well, the game was over. It struck me that the way he went about it was almost demoralizing to his own players. Like yes. they, they had to have a gift to to finally get into the end zone. I I don't know, man. I'm I'm kind of split over it. I I just thought it was silly to continue that, but um, that's that's kind of what Eli Drinkwitz is about. He's just a strange, strange fella. Um, and this one really baffles me. The players all said, K-State in the post-game press conference, the players said, Missouri was talking mad trash into the fourth quarter when they're down 40 to six. They just were chirping constantly. And I tell you what, I'm not a big trash talker. I'm not big into that. I know it goes on. But when you're getting your ass physically whooped and you're still talking trash, there's no substance to your program. There's absolutely no substance. There's no accountability. There's not, you you guys don't understand 
winning and losing and how to get on the right side of that if you're talking trash down 30-plus points. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Look, I'm on the other side of that. I was a trash talker, but at the same time, and I love it. (laughs) But at the same time, I remember a day when we were getting our head beaten in in 1997 at Nebraska. I didn't say a word. So you got to understand time and place and when to do it. And you can see it. I mean, I was just watching. You can see the Missouri guys just run. I'm like, why are you running your mouth? You're in a guy's face or they were, they, they would tackle a guy seven yards, eight yards down the field and, and standing up flexing. I'm like, you guys have no idea. It's just what you said, the substance of a football program. I'm like, nobody does that when you're getting your head beaten in. Nobody does that except for programs like Missouri's right. that aren't any good. And and it's, I don't know. To me, I almost feel bad for the kids because it literally isn't their fault. Because kids will do what you allow them to do. Right. And you are, they are being allowed to do this. And it's an embarrassment. It's just an embarrassment. Missouri should be better. The kids should be better. I feel bad for them, but you chose to go there. Yeah, it's it's a, a long story between these two programs. It goes way back. I think Chris Kleiman now has a taste for the disdain between the two programs. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Missouri fans and the program as a whole has never accepted that Kansas State elevated itself so fast under Bill Snyder, became what it became, and they thought they went to the SEC and they were just going to be superior, and that hasn't played out at all. They have not had much success in that league, and they showed today that they're they're not going to have it uh, again this year. Because nope. uh, look, I don't think the gap between the Big Twelve and the SEC is is that big. In fact, nope. I would say top to bottom, the Big Twelve is probably a tougher conference in which to compete. You may yep. not have an Alabama and Georgia, the elite teams, but we saw today that maybe there's not that big a difference between the top of the Big 12, and I don't even think Texas is the top uh, in the no. SEC. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just uh, I'm flabbergasted that Missouri was so much bluster and no substance, just from start to finish, from how they handled themselves on the recruiting trail. Eli Drinkwitz is constantly talking trash on other programs, leaning on NIL deals to close uh, recruiting commitments. And there's just no substance there. And I'm just, I I don't care about Missouri, but I'm almost embarrassed for Missouri that they've become this. Yep. Yep. And and, and like I said, I I feel bad that kids get talked into, almost suckered into going there. Yep. But, I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I have a program that I follow, which is Kansas State, so I have to worry about them and what we do. So it's it's sad. Missouri should be better. But it's the same way that I feel about Kansas. Too bad, so sad. You, you went there. It's not our fault that your program is a dumpster fire. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Brian, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. This this team, uh, this team has a whole other level that they haven't achieved. And it will get very interesting. Look, I think Tulane's a pretty decent program. Willie Fritz is one hell of a football coach, so you can't look yeah, past them next week. But it's going to get very interesting when K-State goes to Norman, Oklahoma in a couple of weeks and takes on Brent Venables and the Sooners. That I, I think they're really good, too. So um, the sky's the limit for this program. We'll see what they can do. But, Brian, this was an incredible, a confident second step to this season. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I don't even think – I mean, our defense, of course, played outstanding, outstanding football today. Masterpiece worthy. But the offense really didn't. And I don't know how much we even showed on offense. Yeah. I mean, we beat them up, but we didn't do, like, all these different things. It just got to a point to where, you know what, we can't – we can't – or they can't stop us from running the football. We're just going to run it. And, that, and that's what we did. We didn't have all these outstanding trick plays or different wild, crazy formations and stuff. It was just kind of, no, we're going to line up. This is what we're going to do. And we don't think that they can stop us because we think our guys are better than their guys up front. And they were. So I can't wait. Uh, like I said, I, I can't wait for the, the conference season to get underway because I just think that we have something really special. I really do. I think we've got something special. And I think that uh, it's going to be a special season. Yeah, I agree. We will reconvene the middle of next week for the Power Cap pregame podcast as we take a look at Tulane and Kansas State. And we'll recap what we're seeing around the Big 12 today. And uh, again, we're recording this on Saturday night. And the time we're recording this is so that Brian and I are free for a little Big 12 after dark Baylor at BYU. I'm looking forward yeah. to this game. By the time people hear this, the game will be over. Uh, but this could be something we see on a regular basis from the big 12. If they can successfully expand westward besides adding BYU, filling all available time slots on the schedule for a TV partner. It's huge. It's a big deal. If they can get anchored out West a little bit more, but um, having the big 12 play late night games, I'm in, man. I'm I'm all yeah. for it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. I'm now I'm gonna need my nap, but I am Sad, absolutely in. <laughs> I'm in, and I cannot wait. Um, and, you know, especially with this possible possibility of expanding out west, I just think it's great, man. A big footprint. It's going to help K State, especially. I mean, it'll help everybody, but it's going to help K State, man. And just where we're going, I love it. I do. Absolutely. He's Brian Hanley. I am Tim Fitzgerald, and our sponsor has been Caddyshack Golf. From the golf course to the tailgate, show your purple pride all week long. Caddyshack Golf, wear caddy with two T's. Visit caddyshackgolf.com and use GPC as a code for free shipping on your next order. Brian, thank you very much. We will talk to you next week. K-State beats Missouri like a drum 40 to 12 at the bill on saturday rainy a little bit of a delay but k-state came out of that delay and went right back to work chris Kleiman's cats are 2-0 on the young season thank you for listening to the power cat podcast make sure you're subscribing to our show at apple spotify amazon or wherever you get your podcasts power cat podcast all rights reserved gopowercat.com Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 